Well, and and honestly, I didn't realize how much I I think I, I vibed with building better people until I got here. But for me, like, what's your purpose of the gym? Uh, well, I want to build myself as a better person. But if you're, I mean, if you're in a place that's going to build you better physically and you have a great community that's also spiritually invigorating, you know, encouraging you to join a small group, providing you with small groups, um, I mean, I think that's the nature of any community is you want to be better. Hey, everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. My name's Casey Adnip. I'm 28 years old, and I work in marketing and freelance entertainment. Yeah, man, and uh, nobody knows this but us, but we've done this before, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Just once. But thanks for... Uh, trial run. Thanks for, you know, and, and other people also don't know this, so this is going to be episode, I think, 159, and for 150, probably seven episodes until you and I met a couple weeks ago, I had been recording these with the improper placement of the mic. Yeah. And thanks to your brilliance. And <laughs> now the quality of sound is way better, I could tell, in the last couple of weeks. So, well, I'm know, glad I could help. Yeah. I think it's a great segue, too, to for you to elaborate a, lo- a little bit more about what you do. I, you know, and that kind of, yeah, you know, we, we did. I now know a lot more, but the listeners don't know. Tell me a little bit about kind of like, you, you know, how you got to the role that you're in and really that, that more career right. based. We'll talk about your fitness journey, too, but. Right. Yeah, so currently I work for uh, a company called Elevated Life Brands. That's who I'm employed by. But um, basically that company is comprised of a lot of different uh, other brands and companies. So the Barracks Townhomes, uh, Barracks Staycation Resort, The Cove. Um, so a lot of like Brian College Station stuff. Also some some realtor groups that are coming up. And there's actually, you know, keep your eyes on those social media. Shameless plug. Uh, we're coming out with some some new projects, restaurants, and things like that. I'm really excited. But, Do you run the social media for those as well? Um, I'm in the marketing department. So it's me and um, uh, my boss who kind of oversee social media. He kind of operates it more. So we're in the marketing department, and I'm the creative content specialist. So uh, video, photography, um, graphics, uh, a lot of like live entertainment things that we do. We host a lot of events. Um, I'm kind of on the floor and, and kind of getting into the nitty gritty with that. Um, and he does kind of all the other stuff for marketing. So a lot of the publishing, the statistics and, and stuff like that. So he and I together are the team for all of those companies, marketing efforts. Wow. Um, and then on the side, um, just kind of with the history of what I've done as in other careers, um, I do freelance entertainment. So I do freelance photo and video, but uh, the past year or two, it's been really heavy um, getting into the DJ game. So getting into the live music and entertainment. We've done some stuff together for the gym. Um, and that's and we will for BCS Classic. Right, and BCS Classic, we're doing some stuff, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and I love, you know, marketing is really fun. Um, it's it's definitely gives me a lot of avenues to train and learn. Um, but I, I love live entertainment and live events, whether that's, you know, I've done, I've worked as a stage, uh, stage manager for the concerts and festivals and stuff. So whether it's that behind the scenes or whether it's, you know, performing and 
doing live music and DJing and stuff, that's really where I just, I love being. Yeah, no, I find, and I think, you know, now in 2020, the need and demand for this, what what I'm going to call your skill sets, mm-hmm. gr- is growing rapidly. Yeah. You know, because just uh, social media, marketing, branding, mm-hmm. and it's completely different than it was 30 years ago, because I think 30 years ago, there was still a need for... You right, know, advertising market just looked way different than it looks today. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, to I mean, speaking to that, like you know, in the past, you know, maybe even twenty years ago, you're only pulling from if you're looking for a DJ for a live event, um, you're pulling from your regional area because that's kind of who you have a reach to. And you know, I'm looking at booking a DJ that's from Alabama that I saw randomly in Texas one time. I met him. Thought he was really great, and now I'm like, no, nah, man, I want you to come down and I want you to work with me for for this weekend because he's great. He's, I mean, he's he just really he played like one remix of a Muse song that I really liked, and I was like, all right, I'm booking you from now on. But yeah, I mean, I can reach out to him through social media, and I can bring him down here, and he can send me samples and stuff, and that's all just because we're really the age of the internet. But yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So let's uh, kind of talk about how. Well, one. You know, you're 28. Mm. Did you play sports growing up? Like, is there this background in fitness and working out that Uh, has existed ever since you were little? There's definitely a background in being active. Um, I, you know, as a kid, I grew up next door to my best friend for like 13 years. And we just, whenever it was, if it was moderately sunny, if it was not raining, we were outside. Like playing hide and seek between our two yards to the point where our dads, they had to rebuild a fence from a hurricane and they built a trap door in between our backyards so that we could like run through the front yard, play hide and seek, and then use the backyards and like run in between houses. And like, we were always outside. Um, so whether that's, you know, running around, jumping fences, or we also, I also played a lot of organized soccer growing up. Um, so club and high school, um, definitely it was, soccer was like my main, I guess, sport, you could say. Yeah. I did a little bit of gymnastics in there, probably like uh, maybe maybe two years, possibly did, a little did more. Did you work out in association with the sport or was like the sport your, what you would call your activity? Mainly just the sport. We, we had, you know, off season, we'd go into the weight room and we have lifts, but like looking back on it, I, I just think I could have utilized that time so much more. We had no technique coaching. Like it was just like, all right, go put some weight on the squat. You know, yeah. I had no idea about weights or technique or what I could be doing better and how also how that would progressively help me. Cause I was like, we're running, like we're running mm. like, okay, we'll put a little bit of weight on and, and be able to push people. But like, I don't need this. Right. I had no idea how important that weightlifting side of it really is to and- your stability, your coordination, your overall strength. Did it keep you pretty fit though? Looking back? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was, I, I never had any issues with overeating because yeah. my metabolism was just through the roof because it was year-round soccer. So at what point did that end? 18? Like your senior year of high school? Yeah, so organized. I would say like steady regimented workouts stopped at 18 when I graduated high school. I still played in college, um, indoor soccer, you know, intramural indoor and outdoor soccer for, for you know, at A&M. And then I joined a city league team uh, for the BCS league uh, probably like right after my senior year. Yeah. So still playing so uh, even you, to this you day, you grew still. up here. You grew up, Brian. Collins? No, so I grew up in Lake Jackson, Texas, okay. which is south of Houston. Kind which of is how you know Sarah Fish. Yeah, and, Sarah and we'll Fish. tie that in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Later yeah. That's we... right. Um, yeah. So I grew up there, and that's a very soccer-heavy. 
Well, it's not really athletics, but correction, I guess, Sarah Haynes. Right now, Sarah Haynes. <laughs> I, I I think Sarah Fish. Yeah, yeah she grew yeah. up two streets behind me. But okay, so. yeah. So soccer and, and marching band. I don't know if you would necessarily consider that a sport, but I was really heavy into soccer, marching band, and and then football was the other big sport in Lake Jackson. And then when you can't, what'd you do at 18? Did you leave Lake Jackson? So 18, left Lake Jackson, came up to College Station, uh, moved here, and I've more or less been here for the past, I say that was 2010, so so now 10 years. I, I did a small stint in Houston, but moved up here, did a four-year degree, telecommunications and media studies, threw in a minor in French for, for funsies, Still know um, any French? Uh, I know a little bit. So my grandparents are, are Cajun, so we talk a little. It's it's difficult, but we can have basic conversations in it. I went I went to Paris. Um, I did I did like two weeks in in France, and that was the peak. I was conversational. I could have conversations, order food, um, all that stuff, get around pretty easy. And since then, it's declined. So but. you come you come here and you're fairly fit from all yeah. the years of soccer sports, right? And you maintain that fitness. I'd say moderately. Um, nutrition was the biggest challenge. I I, I had no, I had no concept of nutrition. I ate a ham sandwich and chips and a Dr Pepper for lunch like every day during high school. So <laughs> nutrition was not something that I had like a deep knowledge of. So you know I knew I needed to eat somewhat healthy, but it was still like when I was hungry and it was late i'm like well i'm going to panda express or whataburger's right around the corner and let's do lanes every sunday <laughs> so nutrition wasn't great but um fitness stayed relative you know gained a little bit of weight like i think most college kids do but uh i was steadily running either running just going out for jogs or going play soccer at the rec um so it was still there so so you were you didn't get out of shape in college you didn't gain the freshman 15 yeah maybe like freshman five yeah but uh, yeah it was i stayed in relatively decent shape and never too bad in college how how often did you work out weekly you know i'd probably say like three or four times a week I, i had a luckily i had some friends i met some friends right when i got here and i had some friends from high school that went here that were on the soccer team as well or they played soccer too so we would meet up and play indoor pickup soccer at the rec pretty often. And that was really fun. I actually really missed that. But um, yeah, so it was probably like three or four times a week. I would say later into college, like junior, senior year, I was like, well, let's try lifting some weights. So I like looked up some stuff, but not like, I never really did free weights much, like maybe some barbell or um, some uh, dumbbell curls. But it was a lot of like machines and, and trying to do some body weight and core any, exercises. Any reason in particular you didn't you avoided it or you yeah just... I was I was uh, I would say I was scared not like I had this overwhelming fear of it but it was just this anxiety of like oh man I feel like barbells hurt people or I don't know what I'm doing so I'm gonna get hurt or also the the pressure of like I don't know what I'm doing. And no one's here to coach me, so I'm going to look like an idiot if I get up here and try to like lift this. And there's always that anxiety of not having a spotter of like, oh, I don't want to look like the like the noob or whatever that gets yeah, trapped just, under the bar or you know lets the bar fall on him and gets hurt so and so when did you first dabble with a barbell or i mean you you stayed here after college right you didn't move uh no so i did um i actually during college uh, i had to have an internship for my degree so i was actually an intern uh for a morning radio show uh as a produ- as a 
intern, then an assistant producer. And then after college, uh, I eventually moved to Houston full time. And I was a morning show. I was a co-host on a morning show slash producer. Um, and I did that for a little bit. So give her, so, you know, here and there for about three years, I was in Houston. What drew you into being like a radio person? Was it part, like, how'd you get that internship here? Yes. Yeah, so, well, the internship was in Houston. Oh, it was in Houston. Yeah. So, okay. so I grew up um, really not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, which was kind of difficult because my brother, I remember he was in like eighth grade, came home with a shop project where they built a model house. And he was like, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to be an architect. So it wasn't until like junior year of high school, I was driving to school and I had always said, well, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't, my passion is, just, I just like hanging out with people. So I was driving to, driving to school, um, probably junior year and i heard this guy on the radio doing you know the morning show bits and stuff and i was like i want to do that that sounds like a cool job so junior year of college i just sent an email to that radio show from houston that i was listening to when i was in high school i was like hey i need an internship i know you guys have interns can i be an intern and a couple weeks later did an interview got that internship so I was in Houston during the summers and during breaks and going down there periodically during college for the internship, which turned into kind of a part-time job. Then when I graduated, they offered it to me full-time. So that was kind of a dream come true. I was like, I am working full-time, have a microphone in front of my face every day for the radio show that I grew up listening what to. What station? Uh, so it was called, it's a 94.5 The Buzz. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I so, mean, I'm from Houston. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the buzz, yeah. So I was intern catnip turned catnip on the Rod Ryan show. And were, what was your shift or your morning? You were the morning. Yeah. So it was um, the, the five a.m. The shows, the shows on airtime, quote unquote, was six a.m. to ten a.m. So would you have to get there at like three uh, thirty? So my, so my, and what I always tell people is, if I wasn't in my studio in my chair, like doing our show prep by four fifteen. I was going to be late. Like it was, I was going to be late to our, we went on air technically at five, usually 5.53 was about the time. It kind of depended on what songs were playing, but. So here's yeah. a, here's some fun, a fun question. Yeah. You know, what is it that no one knows about radio, hmm. right? That uh, if they found out would shock them about what y'all do in the, you know, when you're tuning in the radio, driving to work, let's say from yeah. in Houston, you're probably literally listening from seven to eight in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything really cool and interesting that would be like shocking to a person who was like, oh, I never knew that was actually something that went on yeah. in the booth? Or I would say... The, so there's a lot of things that I'm not sure whether people know about or not. I, I guess like one, I think misconception, which I kind of had as an intern, I was kind of shocked was that like y y when you're, when those microphones are on, like when you're on the radio in people's cars, it's high energy. You're throwing jokes at each other and you're, I mean, you, there's never dead air. Someone's always speaking or laughing and and this is true and I've been on I've worked on multiple morning shows or with multiple morning shows and all that and everything that comes with that is once those microphones turn off and like a song is playing on your radio so we're not like on air it's usually dead quiet like no one's talked to each other cuz you're talking to each other for four straight Constantly. hours and and it's not a matter of like we don't like each other it's a matter of like there's a lot of in those 3 minutes where a song is playing there's a ton of work to be done it's a very very um i think i kind of thought it was going to be like 
always fun, always lively. And it's, and I kind of had a little bit of idea just from working in some sports broadcasting environments. Um, it's uh, a very fast pace, very, you have to be on your game sharp the entire time. So those three minutes that a song is playing, you're looking up facts, you're preparing for the next bit. It's like usually your show is, is planned out. And very, you did that every day for three years? Um, I did, I would say it was here and there because I was still in school. So I would come back for college for the semester, go during the summers, Christmas breaks, so I would go help out. Kind of some holidays, I'd jump in and out. I'd be sending stuff from College Station sometimes. But when I was in the studio, I mean, it was for a span of three years here and there, I would say. So, but yeah, when we were... When we were in there, we were, I mean, we were in there, we were locked in. Did, it you, was have, a ton of did fun. you have, I mean, any opportunities to, you know, like partnerships with gyms and get to work out for that period um, of time? So the position I was in for the majority of that three years, no, because I was an intern or an, like an assistant producer. Um, and so, so not, not really when I was in Houston. Now I did come back to, I got an opportunity back in College Station to, uh, host afternoons on Candy ninety five, and so that was that was another like that was a three span three year span that I was on Candy ninety five in the afternoons, and um, which would have been from when so that year? was twenty that was about twenty fifteen sometime in twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, and there I did a lot of a lot of those sponsorships and I did actually and that was where I was introduced to group fitness. Yeah, a very similar style to CrossFit. So um, before that, you were just doing your thing, jogging. Yeah, just jogging your... and soccer is pretty much all I did. Um, and so, give me span. a little bit more about how you got introduced to that. Yeah, so it was actually, and the gym doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I have to give a lot of credit to Empower Fitness for. I think it's my personality of really just easing me into the CrossFit style of workout or the group fitness kind of the high intensity training. Um, so we did a partnership with Empower Fitness while I was at Candy 95 and that got me, I was, I had wanted to either join a CrossFit gym or I needed to join a gym with a personal, you know, some sort of trainer, personal trainer. Cause I was like, I can be in shape and I'm not in shape and I want to be in shape. Like I'm tired. I'm kind of tired of not being in shape. So they got me in there. They had, they had a class that was kind of a CrossFit class, but they didn't call it like a CrossFit class. And it was less intimidating, I think for a lot of people. Um, but it was, it was for every, it was just like an, it was CrossFit light basically. Yeah. Um, and that got me, that made me fall in love with the sport Uh, over the course of a year of doing that. I was there for about three years, I would say. Um, but over the course of three years, that first year, you almost, they, they opened around that time, right? Mm -hmm. They did. They opened in like 2016. Like you were, you were there the whole time. Really? I was, I was pretty much there from the day, from the day that they got their building, I was there until they closed. Um, but I mean, we were doing open workouts. Like we, it was like, Hey, the CrossFit's doing their open. Like we're going to do it too. Um, and there was probably only three or four of us. So I did get a lot of very close attention from the trainer. So here's and that here, built my technique and my confidence in it, and that was definitely my intro. I, I think you know what you're bringing up is probably something that a lot of people can relate to who have never walked into a CrossFit gym, right? Largely due to the fact that they are pretty intimidated, mm-hmm. and so you you know what you ended up doing was CrossFit. You know, yeah. it, was, it just happened to be at a non CrossFit affiliate, yeah. which happens. Yeah, all over a, the world. A lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places to do that. And so now, you know, you're at this point where you love CrossFit. Yeah. 
And what is the reason or what is your thoughts on why people try to, or not try to, why people feel the way they feel, right? And about CrossFit. Right. So why people, so you're saying, why do you, why do I think people feel the way you felt? Yeah. You avoided it for Um, a long time. It sounds like. Honestly, I think, I think it's a combination of things. I think that there is a, is kind of a, an apprehension partially, I think, because I think that there's some, some misconceptions, which there is about everything. Like you can take any, any great positive thing and you can find a misconception about it. Um, and I think that there is probably some misconception about like, oh, CrossFit pushes you until you hurt yourself. I'm like, well, that's not true. People push themselves until they hurt themselves. Like I can count, I can't even, I can't count the number of times that every instructor that I've, you know, worked with here has been said, this is the prescribed workout, but you know, if you can't do this, take it down. Like if you don't think you can do this or you don't think that that's within your wheelhouse, Here's how to scale it. Like here's uh like one degree down, two degrees down, like all the way all the way down to where you know whatever you need to do to get your workout in. That's what. Did you, you have a do. moment where you kind of realized like, oh man, this is actually pretty cool. Like or what did just it in, just, just gradually just like this style of working. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were doing um, clean and jerks at uh, over at Empower, and I don't even remember what the weight was, but I I was uh, the instructor was videoing us so we could look at our technique. And, and at the time, I don't think I realized, I think I had already dropped all my misconceptions and my fear and I I was fully having fun with it. But it was when I saw myself in the video, we were looking at technique that I was like, you know, getting it up and then getting it over my head that I was like, this is fun. I love this. Like I love lifting weights. Uh, like I, it, it's, there's something very primal about lifting something heavy and putting it above your head and conquering it and then watching it like hit the floor and then watching that on video and then going back and like, it wasn't, I think it was after we probably were talking about our technique. He was like, Oh yeah, make sure you get under it, snap, you know, snap. And then, you know, whatever the yeah. technique he was saying, I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. I love working on this. I like lifting weights. This is fun. I was totally wrong. <laughs> Did you see changes in your body? Oh, one yeah, definitely. And it was it's one of those one, when you're starting near the bottom, you have a ton of headroom to improve. And then you kind of I guess it's like the I forgot exactly what it's called, exponential or or you know, long tail, however you want to call it, but when you're first starting, you just have all this room to improve. And then you kind of plateau out cuz you, you start dropping all the weight that you already that you could lose real quick and then it's more about like refining and refinement and stuff. So, yeah, there was definitely probably like the first six months where weight was just dropping off. Was What was like the the most challenging like first CrossFit experience workout that you had oh, that left you just completely smoked? And- it was one of the opens. It was, it might have been this, it might have been 17.1 or two. Oh, dumbbell burpee, burpee, yes, burpee box it. jump that over. Was, that's ex- I was like, it had something to do with, with dumbbells and like dumbbell snatch. It was like one arm burpee, snatch burpee and then box burpee jump. over box jump. Oh, yes. And 50, 40, I, 30, 20, 10 was I was destroyed I was like I I honestly was and I remember that year is maybe one of the first times I had heard about the BCS classic we were talking about it and I was like oh you think I I was like you think I could do that I was all headstrong I was like you think I could do that man talking to our trainer and uh, he was like no you can't do that (laughs) he was like you're you're pretty good but 
these like we're not doing crossfit crossfit like you'd get wiped out and i was like oh, i don't know and then i did the that open workout and i was like you're right i i can't do that <laughs> wow so. man i think though you know the cool thing about crossfit is it challenges you in a new way right and that's and and getting really into people's misconceptions is the reason i love this sport and i really enjoy and i i enjoy all kinds you know football basketball I, like we just got done with Aggie basketball season. I'm super bummed. I'm a huge soccer guy. Um, but the reason I really like CrossFit, at least right now in this generation, because I think in 10 years, we're going to have people that grew up like training for CrossFit, like the people that train for hockey and soccer and football, people that started at a young age training for CrossFit. But right now, it's a hodgepodge of different athletes from different backgrounds. Like you have your football players, your track stars, soccer people, rugby, you know, whatever it is, all competing in CrossFit right now. And I think what I really, so there's that aspect of the competition and the sports side of it. But what I really like, and it was on a, it might've been on the CrossFit subreddit. Um, and it was basically, it doesn't matter if you, if you, do the workout as prescribed or you have to do everything with body weight and, you know, adapted. It's about getting in here and doing the work and, and being the fittest person that you can be at the end of the day. And for me, I'm not going to go out there and snatch 200 pounds or I'm not going to be in any, like most people in this gym, like there's a ton of people that are just way better at me than this. But I'm 28. I'm not. I'm. I'm past the point where I'm competing for sports. I'm competing against myself, and I'm competing against any sort of disease or you know structure failure that I could have in the future. I'm competing against that, and that's what I have found. The majority of CrossFit gyms and people, we're all competing against you know being not being the best self that we can be at the end of the day, and that's why I love this sport. Yeah. So you, you know, I guess for you, has it been four years now that you've been doing CrossFit? Would um, you say? So officially with a CrossFit affiliate, I've been doing it not even a year. Which was here. Which was we, here. Yeah. This is, the first, this is the first affiliate. But doing this style of workout and this style of sport, uh, probably since 20, yeah, 2016. And, and so here's, a, here's an interesting question. Um, and again, we love Empower. We love Ashley. Yeah, Ashley was, actually was one of our personal yeah, training clients. Yeah, Ashley and Andrew, uh, I have to give a huge yeah. shout out. Like they are the reason. But I'm that curious, I am just this it, what has been the difference in training at? We'll call it a non-CrossFit affiliate, mm-hmm. but that offers some type style, of CrossFit, CrossFit style, style, as opposed to what you're in now, which is a full CrossFit affiliate. And and is there a big difference? Is it very similar? Is it the same? Um, programming, like culture. Um, I can't, I can't really speak to, a, to, you know, any other gyms besides those two, because really, unless we're talking about just like a, your standard globo fit, these are the only two group fitness gyms. I think, um, at a non, at a non CrossFit affiliate, uh, gym, it was more, um, I think it was more diverse, uh, specific and diverse. So you had only like your indoor cycle or you know your um yeah i forgot what it's called but your like cycle classes you have a class that's dedicated you know entirely to rowing um uh, you know a entirely pilates class um and then you had your more diverse class which was like their power camp crossfit style class so i think think there it would or you had your your i would say um older demographic boot camp style and then your mid-range boot camp style so 
it's it's a the classes are a little more specific and diverse i think um as opposed to a crossfit gym where you have one workout that you can uh split up and or you know change alter into different um maybe it's the same core workout but you're kind of varying up some of the movements to adapt to you um how would you so. say crossfit gyms or we'll call it like the these are technically they're called micro gyms right uh compared to like big box gyms like golds you know air, uh, yeah 24 hour fitness for me i i would feel confident going back into a globo gym now i, I think i think that's what they called it in dodgeball but that's just like the best you know well that's what crossfitters call them right okay cool <laughs> then i'm not then i'm not too far off yeah so now i could go back into a into a, into a globo gym which for the person listening globo gym means like the big box gyms right we'll call yeah. it like you, it, you just it has a bunch of equipment and you go in and you yeah. work out yeah. you build your own whatever you that's can right isolate you can do multiple you can yeah so i would be confident going in now to those because i have like you know i watched crossfit videos on youtube and i watch lifting technique videos on on youtube and i look up this stuff because i want to know like oh well if i want to get my shoulders stronger or more mobile what what kind of different workouts and mobility exercises do i need to do now that i'm more well versed in it i feel confident going into those environments and being able to get a really good workout that's also going to build help build me long term before with no training like and it's just i realized how pointless some of those trips to the gym were like Oh, I'm gonna do ten strict pull-ups, and that's gonna be my shoulder workout for the day. Cool. Mm. <laughs> that did me almost with no warm-up, no proper warm-up. No, like some of those gym trips, I like cringe at. Yeah, I'm just like, no wonder I was going for to you know the wreck for a year and seeing no results, and I go to a box for three months and I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And how much of that do you think is the guidance from the coach and the structure of the, the classes and all of that? I think it's a lot. Um, especially here. So I go to primarily to the noon class. So I'm with Kyle a lot and, um, and really this is all, all the instructors that I've had, but I really enjoy critique. And so especially, especially if like we're doing like a front squat or, uh, you know, deadlift, and we're putting some weight on, like I want to be as structurally sound as possible so that I'm not hurting myself. Cause I got other stuff I got to do outside of this one hour a day that I'm here. So I, I, it, it has been complete game changer for me. Um, and the, and the coaching cues too really help. Like the one thing that put it all together for me was when Kyle said something about keeping the bar as centered in your body as possible. So basically that, you're never, you know, when you do a, a what is it, a, a plate raise, it's really difficult to hold that plate up as opposed to holding it above your head. Same concept. If you can keep that bar centered in your body, that's, you know, that's what you're going for. That's when you're going to be able to lift the most weight. And you, that's why it's important to like keep it close to your body and, you know, really snap your elbows underneath when you're cleaning, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, just the coaching cues and the technique critiques, I think have been just complete game changers. Uh, in a, I mean, in a lot of things too, like when I'm just lifting heavy things at home, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to put my weight in my heels. Oh yeah. Make sure I'm like firing from my, from my, uh, 
hamstrings, not my back. Yeah. Things like you, that. And so for you, you, when did you come to this gym? What was your, do you remember the, t- uh, so there was a span when Empower was, was it summer? Closing. It was about summer. It was like probably July, August. Cause I was bouncing around between a couple gyms. Um, and, you, and, and I, I, I kind of always, I had dropped in several times here with Brandon cause Brandon and I play soccer together. Um, so this was a pretty easy place to be like, ooh, I could I could definitely fit in here. And prior to that, you I mean, last time we spoke, you had some pretty like we'll call it like personal like um, life, not transformational, but maybe right. like yeah. things that I think tie directly into your fitness journey. I think so. Yeah. And if you feel comfortable like talking about specifically like how you know, working out Mm -hmm. and how, I mean, if we call it nutrition or anything like that tied into that transformation that took place for you. Yeah. So I've kind of been, and this is, we have like a a in-house speaker series at work where we find some like really good material, whether it's business or life. And they're really, they tie together because we like to, you know, treat business like we treat life and make sure we're always healthy and things like that. But I got this from our, one of our CEOs speaker series of um, like it's, if you think of it as a, like an L graph. So time is your bottom uh, horizontal bar and potential is your vertical bar. Um, so going through life, you'll have spikes and some canyons and you know, you're always either reaching your potential and sometimes you're dipping and you're never going to have just that straight left, lower left to upper right line. Um, so for life, I consider fitness, nutrition, spirituality, you know, professionalism, all a part of that graph. Um, so for, I would say, I mean, I can't really nail down when it started, but I just had some really negative habits. Um, and by no means was this like a me intentionally being just un- having negative attributes. It was just I get let life get away from me a little bit. Some of that radio lifestyle. Um, I had a, I had a, used to have a re- really big need to be, um, I guess, have the not confirmation, the affirmation of worldly things. I think the best way to to wrap it all up without going on an hour long tangent is I had a lot of need for worldly affirmation, um, and just being kind of in in that radio world of. Well, if people aren't laughing at my jokes and I'm not getting activity on social media, then I'm not doing my job. So whatever I need to do, whether it's being a little, maybe just towing that risque line, that grungy line, um, you know, I'll do it because it's my job and that's where I need my affirmation from. Um, And through all this, and we kind of talked about it last time, there was never a time where I didn't like feel like my faith pulling at me or anything, but it was from a perspective of, well, if I'm more uh, prominent in my career, I'll be able to use that influence, you know, for whatever God wants to do with it. But that doesn't really line up. Like that doesn't, that doesn't exactly add up when, you know, taking a a step back and, you know, hindsight's 2020, but just for a long time, you know, I felt the need to go out and socialize with people because if I can do one by one individual marketing and get people to listen and then by word of mouth, you know, they'll spread, oh, listen to, to catnip on the air, whatever, um, you know, my career will grow. It'll grow my ability to, you know, use that for whatever God needs it, I need it, whatever. And it, you know, going out that much three or four nights a week just wears on you. Um, not taking care of myself spiritually, 
Um, I'm an addictive personality, so I got really addicted to just socializing. And with socializing came, you know, drinking a little bit. And how is that? How did that affect you? You know, because you're working out, like you're going to the gym probably every day. Uh, yeah, I would say three or four times. And would it be would it be one of those things that like I mean, did you feel it? Were you were you aware that like that your body was getting run down? So now, yes, I I I am shocked that I was still able to work out as much as I did, perform decently, uh, and not get hurt. I'm I'm blown away. I have no idea how that happened. Um, Cause now I'm looking back and I'm like, I have no idea that like, that doesn't make sense. Like with where my nutrition and where my fitness is now and like my sleep schedule, it, 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 none of that makes sense. So I'm now I kind of look back on it as like, just think if I had these healthy patterns four years ago, like where would I be now in my fitness? You're like, maybe I might be, you know, at the top of the, you know, at, we keep up with workouts and stuff here, uh, just like scores and stuff. I'm like, maybe I might be peaking some of those in, well, and I think on the some, leaderboards. Sometimes people don't understand the correlation between sleep, nutrition, yeah. hydration, and, just all and performance. Intertwined so Yeah, it's much. not just about doing yeah. the workout, mm-hmm. that all those other factors impact your performance. Mm-hmm. What was it that caused you to have a a wake up call yeah. a moment of 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 awareness yeah so like i said at no point was like faith out of my life it was just twisted and distorted how i perceived how that fit into what i needed to be um and like what god was calling me to be um so i dealt with a lot of uh, anxiety and uh depression and a lot of self deprecation that was a self-deprecation was a huge, huge issue um, for a really long time. I still struggle with it a little bit. Um, De- define that. Which so just talking ne- uh, negative talk about myself. Head. Oh yeah, about myself. Just yeah. I'm not good enough. This isn't good enough. I'm terrible. Uh, like I can't believe I'm not good enough. It just just really negative things. Um, and it got it got real gnarly. And you know my girlfriend now of uh, better part of three years. Like we broke up twice. Um, and it's you know, and you could, we could dissect it all day and, and we've talked about it plenty, but it, on my end of things, it's a lot of self-deprecation, not dealing with anxiety, not commute. And all of that was just I, disabled me from communicating with her. So we broke up twice. And I'd say after the second breakup, um, it, it just, for two months after that, it just, I spiraled. Um, and nothing, nothing really, you know, out of this world or crazy happen. And I, my life was never in danger or anything like that, but my habits just took a turn for the worse. Um, and you know, I just woke up one day feeling terrible after, you know, having too many drinks the night before. And I said, like, I can't do this. Like I'm making a change like today. Um, and I had talked to someone the night before about like starting going to counseling. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. It was, it wasn't like someone had to force me. It was like, have you thought about counseling? And I was like, uh, before, yes. And I think that's an awesome idea. I'm going to do that tomorrow. So, you know, I woke up the next day and I, you know, started researching, uh, counseling and started making some plans. Um, and like I said, my girlfriend and I were not together at that point. And that was where I was like, I really messed up. Uh, and I need to start making some changes and, whether we get back together or not, I got to make these changes because I need to make these changes. But I also just am going to have to have a conversation with her down the line. 
we did a couple months later and we've been together ever since and we've been the happiest that we have been ever since so if anything that is proof that you know all these changes have been phenomenal um, and there's just so many other ways. Yeah, that, no, and I, and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I think there, you know, there, this happens way too commonly mm-hmm. often in so many more people than probably you know. Mm-hmm. And my curiosity is, in that season, were you still active in the gym and still going frequently? Did you disappear for a little bit? You know, were you... Like just out of curiosity in terms of, cause I think there's something about being in community, yeah. right. And being around positive people right. and you know, what was your, yeah. what was that like in that time? Yeah. So I think during that time and really all, all the other times that I was just struggling and, you know, you know, going through ups and downs, uh, the gym and, you know, like I said, I have to give a huge, huge shout out to Andrew and Ashley from Empower, like that gym kept me going that community and that's and that's another one of like being the best you you can be is great but what's great about places like college station crossfit and like empower fitness was is the community keeps you there like accountable if you don't show like i didn't show up for a couple days one time and i was getting phone calls from three different people like where have you been like why are you not here and it wasn't like oh we're worried about you it was like no like you should be here you're always here so like let's get you back like we're going to make sure you're okay but yeah you need to come back we need we need our workout partner so and i think that's probably one of the biggest differences between like an empower or you know in a gold's gym you exactly. know and, and again exactly. i'm not saying gold's gyms aren't great they serve their purpose they absolutely do but you some know, people just need community yeah for I you yeah you i mean you you summed up that two months pretty quickly but i guarantee you there were some pretty oh, man. brutal days and, and probably was. just dragging yourself to the gym it literally was I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to socialize. But if I don't, people are going to ask. And it, and it's good. For, like, at, there was still that, it's good for me. Just go. It's like a lifeline, you know? Yeah. And and really, it kept me... I think it, it didn't keep me from doing anything bad. But it just kept me... It kept some little bit of, of a light on. Of like, okay, I have a community. Like, these people care about me great. Um, and I'm actually... It's it's just by chance tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to get to see a bunch of people from you know from empower and awesome. i haven't seen them in a long time some of them have moved and stuff but i'm really excited about so that. so today you know how are you in i think people struggle with the you're talking about when you're in the dj life or kind mm-hmm. of like if people don't like my social media that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a thing that people yeah. struggle with is you know um i guess you could call that insecurity mm-hmm. Uh, needing of affirmation from others, right? How how can you speak to those people that struggle with that? Not that you've conquered it, you're right? Because I think yeah. when you have when you have something that you struggle with, it's it becomes kind of an Achilles heel. Yeah, and you have you you get tools. You never quite make it disappear, but you yeah. definitely get some but tools, you, and you learn to control it. So give and me you learn g- to use it. Give me you, some yeah. of that for people who do struggle with that. Yeah, and I, I you know I haven't really thought in depth about it but i mean the biggest thing is like it's such a it can be such a great like you know i just referring to it as the internet and social media can be such a great thing and an encouraging thing like now and part of it was getting out of that that slump getting out of those negative habits and i mean just you know night and day you know between a year ago or you know whenever it was 2018 and now it's night and day difference like i feel like a whole different person but part of that was 
changing what's on your your feeds because I think inherently social media is neither good nor bad, but it has a really huge tendency to be very negative. You know, whether it's politics or uh, just like stuff you shouldn't be looking at that's just driving your mind in all kinds of negative directions. Clean up your timelines, man. Like I just went through and just cleaned my Instagram timeline and now it's filled with you know, funny meme pages, my friend, largely, if you're not my friend, you're definitely leaving. And if you're not my friend, then you better be a funny meme page or a fitness account or a nutrition account or, you know, something that's going to help me when I look at it, give me a great idea for something I can cook with Sarah on Sunday night or some sort of mobility exercise that I can do before or after a workout that's going to help me recover better. Or it's my friend's dog that I love seeing. It makes my day better. So cleaning up those profiles helps a lot and turning them off like I put all of my social media in a folder and put it on the very last page of my phone so that I have to swipe through three pages to get to it then I have to open the folder and by then my brain's like hey this is a reminder do you need to be on social mm. media right now or just I there's different uh, different apps and uh, things on your phone where you can look at how much time you're spending on it but um, I mean just unplugging a little bit and when you are plugged in, making sure that like you're looking at things that are going to build you up and you're, you're ingesting things that are going to like make you better um, and, you know, put you in a better mood, not put you in a negative lifestyle where you're looking at someone and you're being jealous of them or, you know, it's drawing out your judgmental tendencies or things like that. You know, I appreciate you tying that in. And, and I think it kind of really segues to the final question, which is what I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's really the title of the podcast, Building Better People. Uh, the core belief in that statement is that when you're working out, you're becoming a better version of mm-hmm. you. So how does that ring true to your heart? And how, you know, when you see those three words in our gym or when you hear me talk about building better people, what does that mean to you? Right. Well, and, and honestly, I didn't realize how much I... I think I, I vibed with building better people until I got here. But for me, like, what's your purpose of the gym? Uh, well, I want to build myself as a better person. But if you're, I mean, if you're in a place that's going to build you better physically and you have a great community that's also spiritually invigorating, you know, encouraging you to join a small group, providing you with small groups. Um, I mean, I think that's the nature of any community is you want to be better. So if you're being built better physically, mentally, spiritually in a community, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know why that wouldn't be your, your goal as any sort of organization. So I think that pretty much every now, especially now, uh, when I go into some place, you know, at work, I can definitely say that every day when we go to work, we're building better people at my job, mm. which is a kind of a great way to just say, this organization, are they building better people? Then I want to be involved with them. Uh, and I mean, I think it's also uh, in a sense of that community, you know, you can say building better people as an individual, but I think that this place also in- encourages people to build a better people. You know, like I, I look like at my church, like we're God's people, we're a people. And so I think at this gym, we're also another form of a people. And I think constantly we're building each other up individually we're trying to build ourselves up individually and I think we're also trying to build this organization and group of people up to be the best that we can be and so that's that's uh, a, 
big and I, I think I just I read really far into it and went on my own like little reasons for it but that's how I have kind of interpreted it and I've absolutely I mean I've not even been here a year but I, I mean I, I love being a part of a community and especially this community once again thanks for listening if you live in Bryan College Station we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.